This is Linux Unplugged, episode 32 for March 18th, 2014. Unplugged, your weekly Linux talk show that's stockpiling bananas in preparation for this Sunday's monkey suit spectacular. My name is Chris. My name is Matt. Hey there, Matt. We got a good show lined up today. Following right on the heels of our review of Solid XK on last, we'll be we'll be uh, discussing the distribution with the co-founders themselves coming nice. up in a little bit. And I don't know, I I'm really conflicted because there's a lot we could talk about this week, but I also kind of have to keep it a short show because right after we get off the air, I got to run. To uh, meet up with an electrician at the new studio. That's going down like crazy. Rekai landed yesterday. Oh, wow. We got him all uh, He's at the studio. He's out actually getting goodies right now to you know get ready in preparation to prepare his body for editing of these shows. So he's got to have sustenance. So uh, Angela's out with him right now taking care of all of that. It's been a pretty crazy couple of days driving back and forth a lot of gear. And so one of the other things I have to do for uh, you know all the studio shenanigans is meet with electrician to i got to start up a new conversation with a new contractor. That the, I know why contractors have a bad name now, Matt. Let me tell you. Well, yeah, I'll tell you. There's a lot of uh, back and forth there. Although, I will give a shout-out to your uh, previous contractor. He did kind of have some life circumstances. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, you know. you, what are you going to do, right? The universe right. is a cruel place sometimes. It's true. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I'm really we're going to just go with for as long as we can and get as much covered as we can today because there's been some interesting developments, even just since Sunday, that I want to discuss, and I'm really looking forward to talking to the Solid XK guys. So stay tuned for all of that stuff. But first, I thought maybe we'd cover a little feedback and see if we can't solve a Mac user's problems. Yes, that's right, because he wants to switch to Linux. We We should also tease, in case we forget later in the show, this Sunday on the Linux Action Show, it is monkey suit time. The bet comes due this Sunday. Now, for those of you that don't remember, Matt made a bet. And he's willing to pay up <laughs> that mirror would ship on another distribution outside of Ubuntu within a year, and it didn't happen. Now, I think some folks at Canonical at the time probably agreed with Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, there were, there were uh, I won't say there were promises because that's not fair, but I will absolutely say that support was given in my, on my behalf. They said so they would cool. give the, do their best, but yeah, uh, it yeah, just didn't, it didn't work out. But yeah. uh, we're going we're gonna to actually um, – we'll just use the opportunity to kind of just look at the state of mirror development – Alternative display managers on Linux, and if everything goes as planned, we'll have Kevin on from Canonical to talk a little bit about the state of Mir. So I think we'll act. Well, you know what? It's gonna we're gonna have monkey suit shenanigans. We're gonna have a good conversation around all where all of it's at a year later. So it'll work out to be a great episode coming up on Sunday. Uh, but why don't we start by see if we can help out uh, Simon's problems here? Simon really wants to switch from the Mac. He says, "Hey there, Chris and Matt. I'm a web developer and a Mac user, and I feel it's time to move on." I feel Apple is not focusing more and more on their I I feel that Apple is focusing more and more on their iOS platform and losing sight of its desktop power users. I'm not blaming them. That's where the money is. I get that. But that's not the computer experience I'm looking for. Hmm. I have some experiences with Linux both on the server and on some older desktop machines here at home, but I want to go all in and use Linux on my desktop, the machine I view the, the machine I need 9 hours a day to get my work done. But now I need some help from you guys. What distribution should I go for? I'm tempted to go with Ubuntu as I feel it might make the switch easier for me. 
Uh, and he says, maybe I could even replace an iPhone with an Ubuntu Touch device down the road when it's ready. It's close to the Mac user experience and might be the, sm- the smoothest transition without preventing myself uh, from getting any real work done. Later, I learned the pros and cons. Maybe I could switch to a different distro at that point. But with most Linux users, they don't seem to like Ubuntu. Lots of you complain about Unity and Mirror, but no one likes to explain why. What's up with that? It's simply a matter of personal taste. Is it envy because of canonical success? Is that the reason for the hate? Thanks for helping me choose. Simon. Boy, you know, I think the first first question I would have to ask him is, what is he using for web development? Are there legacy applications at work that could potentially create a bit of a hurdle making the switch completely? Now, if he's just doing this straight from like a notepad or something like that, no big deal. Yeah, he said web developer, so I'm going to just give him the benefit you know, of the doubt that, you know, he could probably he, – maybe he's using a Sublime Text on the Mac. Okay. He could use Sublime Text on Linux. Sure. Okay, so let's say he's going that route. I think if he's going that route, I think Ubuntu does make sense simply because it does feel very natural to a lot of Mac users. Uh, my wife, if she's going to use Linux, will generally prefer Ubuntu simply because she finds the flow is more familiar to her. Mm. Um, generally speaking, compared to other distros, although she's pretty comfortable in most distributions. It's really not such an issue with that. And I also think the App Store uh, coming from the Mac also then going mm. to Ubuntu is also fairly familiar with that, in that regard as well. Um, what, what do you about, think as far as hatred, though? You know, what, about, um, what, about, what about the idea of making his Linux desktop match whatever web server platform he's deploying on. So if he's oh. deploying on a CentOS box, maybe Fedora might make more sense, or CentOS Ugh. itself, maybe? Ugh. I, I, I can't think of very many situations where a newcomer in Fedora would ever fit the same sentence. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I think Fedora is a great distro, but it is not. And anyway, I can't, I, no, I couldn't, I couldn't picture that. Um, yeah, unless right. it's maintained for them, and then that's different. What but. do you think, Mumble Room? Uh, mm-hmm. So you got a Mac user, he's a web developer, his name's Simon. Um, and he's thinking about switching from the Mac to uh, Linux. What distro would you say he should pick? I did uh, something very similar. Okay, I go ahead. Came, I came from Mac to Linux, and I felt very comfortable at the time with Unity on Ubuntu. Okay. I, I mean, it, it really depends on you know what sort of workflow he's desiring. If he's desiring a Mac-like workflow, I'd almost recommend elementary OS. Yeah, that's what and I was wondering. Oh, and therefore, oh, maybe no. GDK. Please no, please no. Yes. Ouch, wow. wow. Um, this, their, their packages are so out of date that it's not worth using them. That's, they, a, that's a legit They're based on a stable okay. 12.0 for LTS. Right, if they just updated their packages, that'd be fine. Like hmm. They update the, the security stuff, but they don't update any of their packages. Like, for example, I, my app was in, it was, it hasn't been updated in Ubuntu for like two years, so by default, the package in, in elementary is also two years old. They will probably um, uh, um, uh, um, update when the new uh, LTS comes um, next month. Yeah, right, that, that'd be yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably recommend Ubuntu, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> partly, actually, partly because it's you know, awesome, but partly because um, with um, the LTS just around the corner, uh, he'll get a nice, shiny new kernel, long-term support, and every app he needs, basically. Okay. Yeah, to be fair, I think the hate against Ubuntu is purely Unity and pretty much preferences. Like, yeah. I don't like the Dash, but everything else in Unity I like. Like, the local menus that's in 1404, awesome. Okay, Okay. so he could he could get the benefit of having the kernel and switch and use XFCE or Gnome Shell or, yeah, right. you know, any one of a bazillion other desktops that are all in the repository. You don't have to switch to, you sure. know, some random distribution yeah. from, you know, some guy in his bedroom. You could you could use Ubuntu <laughs> and just not use Unity if you don't want to. That's fine. 
I think yeah. you should just uh, try out some different distros. Maybe start with Ubuntu and just see what he likes. Because, I mean, we're not going to be able to... You're saying Linux from scratch? Perfect. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> no, I think you're saying Gentoo, I think is what he's saying. Mm. <laughs> I, I think uh, I would, uh, I would recommend um, uh, Solid XK. That's what I would recommend. Uh, seriously, yeah, that might choice. be worth consideration. And uh, the other thing I want to recommend to Simon is he said that in his uh, letter, he said that he's got some older machines that he's had some experience with Linux on, both a server and an older desktop machine. I would not recommend you say switch from a relatively recent MacBook Pro to a several several year old PC machine and load Linux oh. on it and experience a you know you're not going to have a great experience because you're going from pretty high end hardware to lower end hardware. So give yeah. give Linux a chance to breathe. If you're used to if you're nine if you work at a machine like you said for nine hours a day to get work done and you're used to that machine being very powerful, then don't. Don't limit yourself with a resource limited machine just because that's the one you can load Linux on. So position your hardware correctly. Try out some different distributions. Try Integros. Try Solid. Try Ubuntu. Try SUSE. Try all of them. Really, uh, I I'm betting like the most of the chat room you might you might end up liking the the more recent Ubuntu versions. Uh, yeah, well, and I still and I go back to what I said about the user interface. For a lot of Mac users, that's a big yeah, deal, yeah. and I think Ubuntu nails a pretty close match for my experience. Yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, GNOME three is pretty pretty refined these mm-hmm. days too. So yeah, GNOME three is okay. Yeah, GNOME three would be all right. I think you can see that, especially with a little dock action going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, a little yeah, dock action. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I just say just try it out. And like you said, yeah. it sounds like you're pretty open to the idea of moving later on. The Ubuntu yeah. hate kind of just comes from, there's a lot there. It, you basically just listen to the back catalog of the show and it'll actually explain it <laughs> pretty well. Yeah, right, yeah. Listen to that last yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the last episode. Exactly. Yeah. That, that actually covered it pretty well. Um, and I think that if you're comfortable with the things that discussed there, and I think you probably would be, uh, like we got an email from, from a viewer who said, you know, I'm long time, uh, actually I think I have, I think I have it in the pile here. I'll, I'll see if we can get to it. Cause I think I do have a, Email from, uh, yeah, uh, we have an email from uh, somebody who's going to touch on that. So we'll get to that in a minute because I think there's a lot of people who just don't care about some of the things that get people all riled up. And then there's a lot of advantages to Ubuntu. There's a lot of advantages to all of them. Try them out, Simon. Keep listening. Check out our back catalog. I think that'll give you some help. But the big piece I wanted you to take away from my recommendation is is don't straddle yourself with lower-end hardware uh, and then expect to be blown away. You're not right. you're gonna you're not gonna have a bad time necessarily, especially if you go with like something like Popey was saying with uh, you know XFCE uh, um, or Solid X. Uh, but uh, you probably won't need the same amount of hardware. But I am somebody who's very sensitive to um, low performance hardware, and I I you know if I had a if I had a MacBook Pro with 16 gigabytes of RAM, an SSD, and a high end video card, and then I switched to something with a spinning drive. Maybe an integrated GPU right. and a Core 2 Duo or something like that. Uh, I don't think I would use that machine very long, and I think I would have a pretty bad time. And I think that would influence my uh, opinion of that operating system in general because it That's, just would yeah. be it would feel restrictive. Well, it's an excellent point. I think it also goes into the bigger point of it is too is that uh, I don't care what version of Linux you're using, what you know, what distro you happen to go with. If you're, you're using a lot of resources, such as like a browser with a bunch of tabs open, you're going to care about the hardware it's running on. Yeah, yeah, you know, really, you can run. Lightweight desktops I, all day long. I also matter. agree with Imacon in the chat room. Yeah. Um, not a big proponent of putting Linux on a Mac. No, uh, you can no. do it, but there's there there are always compromises, and people who tell you there aren't compromises haven't been running it long enough. Uh, or at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunately, it is uh, it is the truth. Like for example, uh, I've whenever I had tried it on a Mac, I've always had issues with uh, the webcam. There's a there's a blob that you have to load up at the time of boot up that you have to. The, 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 
I guess I guess the Mac operating system actually loads like a uh, like a like a firmware onto the webcam every time Mac OS X starts, oh, and wow. you have to replicate that under Linux, and you have to go extract that firmware out of a Mac, uh, move it over to your Linux install, and then you know follow some sort of guide online to make that work. Uh, there's other things that don't work, like um, on more recent, uh, like say a uh, uh, 2012 uh, Retina MacBook Pro. I'm reading a. Uh, a discussion thread here that was a really good one on Reddit over the last weekend. Um, Wi-Fi is extremely flaky for this guy. He says he doesn't have any problem under Mavericks, but when he's under Linux, his Wi-Fi drops out. Uh, reduced battery life. Under Linux, he gets 4.5 hours compared to 8 hours under OS X. Uh, once the uh, video and video blob loads, he's unable to switch to one of the TTYs you know, by doing Control-Alt and hitting F1 or F2 or F3. Uh, he says the, tr- the touchpad is extremely quirky. He says, I've ironed it out as well as I can, but I'm still not completely happy with it, particularly when typing from the web like this one. A little more than just a slightest touch or reposition of my typing cursor in the position of the mouse cursor. It can be infuriating at times. He says, I've had to reread this exact post three times just to make sure I'm catching the errors that this one single issue has caused. So don't necessarily load it on a Mac and expect it to work well. Different Macs have different success rates. Uh, Generally, the newer the Mac, the less things that work. So... Also Good consider stuff. that, Simon. Might, you might want to consider a dedicated machine that's really you know, going to give you a, a better experience. Um, and uh, if, this was, if this was Linux Action Show, I'd say go over to check out System76 because they're going to give you a Mac-like experience as far as hardware compatibility and setup. True. Something to consider. I will mention one of Linux Unplugged sponsors right here, right now, and that's my mobile service provider. And, by the way, Matt's mobile service provider. That's right. That's right. That is Ting.com. You guys, go check out Ting, mobile that makes sense. Go to linux.ting.com, linux.ting.com. That'll get you started. That landing page will also tag your shopping session to take $25 off your first device. Or if you're going to bring your own device, $25 service credit, which for me paid for my first month. Now, what's unique about Ting? I'll tell you. You only pay for what you use. It's a flat $6 per month plus taxes and then just your usage. It's really straight. Like you can wrap your brain around that, and which is great because like, hey, guess what? I needed, I needed hotspot and tethering over the last few weeks when I was working out of the studio for a few hours. I just checked the box on my phone and now all the devices that we had with us were immediately on the internet and I'm getting 14 megabits download at the studio using my Nexus 5. Oh, yeah, they support the Nexus 5. You can go buy the Nexus 5 directly from the Google Play Store, a device that you own outright, that you pay a fair market price, you bring it over to Ting, you activate it, $6 a month, no contract, no early termination fee. You only pay for what you use. Plus, Ting has an awesome, awesome dashboard. I love this dashboard because I was just setting up Rekai in the new studio with the HTC One I. Oh, it hurt. I gave away the HTC One, Matt. <laughs> ah, it pained ah. me so deeply. That is That was the hardest phone I've ever had to give away. I've given away a lot of phones. And the HTC One, cut deep. That's a great phone. It's available on the Ting network. Boy. And what's Boy. so nice about it is that Ting dashboard now lets me manage these accounts so transparently and smoothly. I can let them see where they're at with their usage. I can set up alerts. So if all of a sudden Rekai is using like 10 gigabytes of data on that phone, I can, ha- I can have Ting send me a push notification to my Android app. I can log into their dashboard, which supports web standards from a mobile device or from your desktop, whatever it is. I can set up caller ID uh, options. I can turn off voicemail. I can turn on voicemail. I can set up where a call forwards. I can activate, deactivate lines, transfer lines, set up um, account managers. It's all... It's so awesome and it's so smooth. And here's the best part. If you've been considering switching to Ting and you're stuck in a contract, Ting has an early termination relief program. You can find out more going to ting.com slash ETF. 
And that early termination relief program will pay you up to $75 per line that you have to have canceled. And the other thing I like about Ting is I like to be an informed consumer. I like to make sure that I am voting with my wallet, that the money I am spending is going towards a company that is promoting something that I believe in. Ting is trying to clean up the wireless industry. They're trying to shake things up, and I think they're doing it successfully. You're seeing some of the bigger players try to copy what they're doing, but it's not genuine. Ting is genuine, and they put it all out there. You can go over to ting.com slash about, and you can get videos from just the top, the CEO, the EVP, the VP, the director right there, VP of marketing, the CFO. Uh, They also have behind-the-scenes tours with just the service reps, the people who are on the ground, because they have a fantastic customer service program. When you call them anytime between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., a real person answers the phone. I don't know of any other cell provider that does that. If you're in a business, if you've got family or friends, or even if you just need to solve a problem yourself, it is so nice to know that when I handed Rekai that HTC One, and if we had a problem at any point, I knew that I would just call up Ting and we'd have it resolved within a few minutes. It wasn't going to be a big waste of my time. And lately, a lot of people that I've had to deal with over the phone have been wasting my time. And it is so great to know that the people that I'm spending money on every single month for my mobile phone are not wasting my time. Ting really is changing it up, and you can help them do it by becoming a Ting subscriber. So go over to linux.ting.com. That'll take $25 off your first month or $25 off your first device if you don't have one. And it also lets them know you heard about it here on this show and you appreciate them supporting Linux Unplugged. So go over to linux.ting.com, and a really big thank you to the really great folks over at Ting for their awesome support of Linux Unplugged. linux.ting.com. Woo-hoo. All right, we got a couple more emails to get through. Last week, we asked for folks to send in their uh, AutoCAD replacements because this is something we hear about all the time. I can't switch to Linux because AutoCAD. And it seems to be a lot of people in this field are interested in Linux, but AutoCAD. So uh, Scribbleton writes in. He says, hello, awesome duo. He actually wrote that. <laughs> so I just that made it right there. Uh, he tells us about DraftSite. It's a professional-grade and free-as-in-beard 2D CAD program made by the same company that produces SolidWorks. Okay, now SolidWorks I've heard a lot about. They introduced it as a way for engineers to convert AutoCAD DWG files to DXF files, although I think they're also trying to steal some of AutoCAD's market share. It behaves so much like AutoCAD, it even uses the same command lines that a coworker and I completely switched over in just a matter of days. It runs on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and it can be found at draftsite.com. He said, I also have a comment after watching Linux Unplugged 31, the Ubuntu punching bag episode that we just recommended Simon listen to. He says, I'm not a programmer, a dev, or an IT guy. I'm just an average user that loves to use Linux. Yet, I have not missed an episode of Last since I found it in 2011. As a small business owner, I watched Last to keep up with Linux developments and learn about new programs. As you were discussing, I don't care about the internal battles of Wayland versus Mirror Systemd. I just want my stuff to run as simply and reliably as possible so I can get my work done. So, Ubuntu has worked just fine for me. Someday I may want to try Antegros, but only after I find some spare time. Keep up the good work. I'm really looking forward to the new how-to show so an average guy like me can effectively implement all this great stuff. Scribbleton. Great comment. And I think he yeah. echoes a lot of the silent majority there. That's why I wanted to read I that. think he's definitely onto something. So, uh, Escaro Tomero, Escuero Tomero writes in, Matt. Eco hey, Tomero. <laughs> I don't know how you say it. Uh, <laughs> e- e- I can't, I can't. He's got a whole list for us, Matt. He says, I used to do drafting for my family's business, civil engineering related. And I tried some of the solutions a while back while trying to find a cheaper alternative to AutoCAD. I haven't used all of these solutions, uh, but they, uh, are, they're all present for Linux and they're related to CAD. He says, here's one you could try, FreeCAD. 
This is an application used to 3D models. LibreCAD. This is basically a fork of the community edition of QCAD. BLRCAD. Haven't used this one, but he says it's another option. QCAD. This is a program with wow. a free and paid version. And then he says there's commercial software like DraftSite, which we were just had recommended to us. VeryCAD, a 2D, 3D CAD program. Eris Commander Edition. This is a compatible 2D, 3D CAD program with a ribbon interface. And BricsCAD. This is probably the most complete solution for Linux, along with Ares CE. But it's an expensive auto. As it's it's it is as expensive hmm. as AutoCAD, and oh. it seems to stumble on 64-bit systems. He says, hmm. "Now that could be a problem." You know, I mean, you would think, "Oh, okay, I can just go ahead and switch over to this." But I think so many people are using 64-bit systems that would be kind of a buzzkill. He also says DWGs are not exactly supported in FOSS software, as far as uh. I know. Support is limited, and there are GPL compliance issues incorporating into other programs. This, this is, you know, this is a good list, and I really, I wanted to say thank you for sending this in. It feels a little bit like the list I get when uh, I look for, I ask people for their favorite Linux video editor, and then I get a list of a lot of really good options with, you know, links and names, but then I actually go sit down, and I'm like, oh, well, when you actually use these programs professionally, you discover a lot of limitations, and I kind of feel like this might be a little bit of that. I think so. Uh, it's hard to say, so uh, we will link, we'll have, we'll have a full list in our show notes, you can go check out. It sounds like the one people are really uh, going on about, though, is DraftSite from, I guess, the same folks that make SolidWorks. Uh, and DraftSite is technically, it's free as in cost, but it is commercial software. It's not it's not open source. And they have it available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Are They have an RPM for Fedora available. Okay. Well, I think anytime you have something available or, for Linux, dev. even if it's not perfect, at least it's there. They have a and dev I'm... as well. They have a dev. So okay. You, okay. So you got a couple options there. So that's uh, DraftSite. And uh, hopefully that helps some folks out there that have been looking for AutoCAD solutions because it's been a surprisingly uh, popular one. Uh, Art of Illusion? What's this? Uh, Art of Illusion is a free open source 3D modeling and rendering studio. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Many of its capabilities rival those found in commercial programs. So here's another one, Art of Illusion. I'll add that to the show notes too. Thanks, Nexuiz. That's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I'm adding that right there we go. So uh, thanks uh, for sending those in, guys. Uh, that was a good list. We had a few folks uh, round up. We also got um, four or five emails on it as well. Uh, and so I just linked to a couple of them, but we got a lot of good feedback on it. So I really appreciate all of you guys sending that in to us. Matt, before we get our guests on, I want to thank our second sponsor this week, and that is DigitalOcean. What Ish. is DigitalOcean? Oh, man, you guys have got to check this out. If you're thinking about learning how to do something on the server, if you have something you need to deploy in production, You've got to check out DigitalOcean. It's simple cloud hosting dedicated to offering the most intuitive way and easy way to spin up a cloud server. Users can create a cloud server in 55 seconds or less if you're our audience. And pricing plans start only $5 per month for 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, and a terabyte of transfer. I've got an Arch box I've had running up there. Yes, I said Arch running up there. Uh, for months now, and it's just constantly doing more and more stuff. And as I am moving between the current studio and the new studio, and I start thinking about, well, wait a minute, I need to have shared resources between these two locations. I got to tell you, this $5 DigitalOcean machine, it's just starting to get more and more valuable because I just keep thinking of things I can do with it. And by the way, DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, 
Amsterdam, and now they've even got them in Singapore. They have a very simple interface, an intuitive control panel, which power users can replicate on a larger scale with the company's straightforward API. They got KVM on the back end. It's all running on top of Linux, sitting on these SSDs in pair with their tier one bandwidth. And the reason I can say all of this is because I've been a DigitalOcean customer for a long time now, and I have not had a single outage. I have never, ever been disappointed with the performance, and I am constantly impressed with the feature sets and the things they're adding. And DigitalOcean is a company. They are growing like crazy. They're hiring right now. They are, you can check out their hiring page. They have it linked at the top of the DigitalOcean website. They just recently got a good round of funding, too, so they've got a ton of runway underneath them. This is a company that is going places, and I'm really excited because not only is that all great, but it's just a really great service to use. The technology is great. The interface is great. Their droplet system is super smooth and straightforward, and they have an API that if I ever wanted to get fancy and I ever wanted to do something like start automating stuff, I know that API is there to make it easy for me. So go over to DigitalOcean.com and get a $10 credit by using the promo code Linux Unplugged March. Linux Unplugged March will get you a $10 credit. You can try out that $5 rig for two months. Try out that $5 rig. Even if you're just using it to explore what you can do on your own server, why not use this instead of something like VirtualBox? Go up there, deploy this. You can take snapshots before you break anything. Yes, it actually, in a sense, can have training wheels. That droplet system can really help you get out of a jam, and it also helps you deploy a new system immediately. Uh, my uh, co-host from Coda Radio, Michael Dominic, uses DigitalOcean for the back-end infrastructure for a lot of the apps he develops for his clients. It's, oh. a, it's a super easy system to deploy. He can do it with reliability. He can quantify the cost for them. They can totally wrap their brains around it in $5 a month. Doesn't break the bank. And they have, an, they have a really straightforward pricing system where it goes from 5 10 20 40 80 depending on what you need. And each tier brings a whole bunch more stuff, more processor, more storage, more, more bandwidth, all of that stuff. And if you just want to do some testing, maybe you've got a web app you want to try out. Maybe you've got an app that needs some back-end infrastructure for a little bit, but you don't need it for an entire month. They even have hourly pricing. DigitalOcean has hourly pricing. Yeah, think about that wow. $10 I mean, credit at that crazy. point. That $10 credit is going to get you a ways. Go use the promo code Linux Unplugged March when you check out over at DigitalOcean.com. Try out that $5 machine. See what we've been saying. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring Linux Unplugged. That's awesome. And what you were saying about the whole virtual machine thing, that really resonates with me because I don't always have a machine handy that can really support that as well as I could at virtual, you know, going, uh, that, going there's on a whole that. other setup. There's you know? that. There's the resources of it. There's yeah. the, you know, if you're on a laptop, it makes your laptop run hot. Yep. There's there's all these reasons. And, and you don't have the performance drag. And plus, you're right. actually up in, in on the web where you can try some things you might not be comfortable bringing into your house. And, exactly. and you have that droplet system. So if you mess something up, Boop, Bob's your uncle, you revert right back. Just like Love you would it. on VirtualBox. All right, well, I'm really excited to welcome the uh, co-founders of Solid XK onto the show. Uh, we have, and I'm going to try to get this right, we have uh, Shilja and Zero Zero. Uh, I don't know how well I did, but guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and uh, happy to be here. Well, uh, we were pretty... Hello. Hello, Zero Zero. <laughs> We were pretty impressed by the uh, distro when we checked it out on Sunday. So I just had a couple of questions after we kicked the tires that I wanted to throw you guys' way. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'll just go in the order. So I'll start with Shil- uh, Shilja, and then we'll ask Zero Zero, or you guys can just bounce it around. But uh, let's throw this first one to uh, Shilja. Could you guys give us a little background? Is Solid XK based on Linux Mint Debian Edition? Is it just inspired by Linux Mint Debian Edition? I, we noticed that it uses the Mint tools, such as the Mint Software Manager and the Mint Updater, but is it actually like, did you clone the, the Linux Mint distro repos and build a build on top of it? Or did you start with a Debian base and just pull in those tools? 
we just uh, started from scratch from Debian. Okay. Uh, we we uh, at that time I wanted uh, uh, an LNDE KDE version. Right. Right. And was, uh, go ahead. Our own and Clamer Lefebvre didn't uh, have any plans for that. So you decided to break off on your own and create one sort of based around the same ideas of Linux Mint Debian, but with the desktops that you had a passion about. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, at first, uh, we planned to make it an uh, uh, official version uh, for Linux Mint. The Mint team, uh, uh, well, didn't want to support that. Okay. So my choice was or, uh, the, uh, uh, just an uh, edition. Or go on my own. Zero uh, was uh, very in favor of uh, going on our own, and so uh, so we did. Very good. And zero zero, I wanted to, let's let me ask you this question. So, could you explain to me the difference between the business and home versions of Solid XK? What's I know that the business, for example, says as a focus on stability and security, but the home version says it's stable and secure. So, what really is the difference between those two? Uh, the business edition it's based on uh, David's table. Ah, and uh, hmm. the home edition and the home edition it's based on uh, on Debian testing. That is the um, the main difference. So then we build the business edition uh, based on stable with with our tools and uh, with. Uh, with with our with our interface with our with our ideas and we give the the home edition with the the latest software and uh, and uh, up, uh, more up to date software so they are two different uh, concepts uh, that we give to to the users so i gather that uh, you, know, you guys both have an interest uh, in kde and xfce but we got a couple of questions that came in uh, primarily around the Cinnamon desktop, you guys. Uh, how do you, how does the Cinnamon desktop? How does the support look for Cinnamon desktop on Solid XK? Uh, does it use it? So, do you guys have like a repo that you're going to set that up in? Are you going to just pull it from Debian, or is that something you're not really even worrying about? If the users want to figure it out, they can. Well, uh, we're not enough planning on uh, supporting Cinnamon on uh, Solid XK. Okay. Uh, that's because uh, uh, the name Solid XK uh, does not uh, include uh, uh, C for Cinnamon. So we're going to have a problem with our uh, uh, site. <laughs> so I take that I take that as the same answer then for say something like Mate. Even if like say Mate really takes off on Debian stable at some point, uh, Mate uh, Mate uh, is to be included very soon oh. in the Debian test testing. So our users will upget uh, um, Mate uh, when uh, when uh, when they want. Gotcha. Uh, Cinnamon. Uh, was in Debian testing until uh, a few months ago. Uh, then the transition uh, from to GTK 3.10 uh, broke Cinnamon, right. um, and uh, Cinnamon was removed from uh, Debian testing. At the moment, uh, uh, is not available upstream. Uh, there's a few how tos. In the forum, how to get uh, Cinnamon from the Linux Mint uh, Debian uh, repo, uh, but that's uh, that's it. We want uh, we have to focus. Yeah. That's our main uh, focus in the 
to um, these that uh, we support and uh, the distributions that we support. So we, the tools you ship with Solid X or K, do they have any dependencies on, like, let's say KDE? So, for example, if I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, a, I'm gonna have a solid Mate desktop. Um, would I end up having to pull down a whole bunch of KDE libs or something like that uh, to uh, to use some of the tools like the software manager? Those those uh, those uh, packages don't have any KDE uh, dependencies. Okay. Now here's the other thing we got we got some questions about, and I decided during the review not to really tweak the look too much. Uh, but some people thought it was pretty uh, surprising to see the oxygen theme under XFCE. Mm-hmm. And is that just a personal <laughs> preference? Uh, you guys like the oxygen theme or what's is it consistency? What's the story there? So is it? Yes. When we, when we started, uh, we needed to decide on uh, if we wanted to l- make it look like uh, two totally different uh, distributions coincidentally uh, maintained by the same people uh, would we like to have some consistency uh, between the two so we uh, chose for the latter okay so it's a consistency thing yes yes and and, and uh, the oxygen theme was the only one working on both kde and xfc without a problem so uh, the choice was easy so uh, now now that you're uh, now that you're at this stage and you're seeing uh, you know your community grow uh, are you guys concerned about long-term scale? Are you worried about how to hold it all together if more and more people start using the distribution? And what are your kind of? How do you plan to address that? Well, it's of course always. Uh, uh, we're now at uh, uh, at a time that we are fast growth in our uh, our user base. Yeah. Last year, from uh, well zero to uh, what would you now more than uh, twelve hundred users on the forum, and about uh, I think twenty or thirty thousand users for our uh, systems. So uh, it's growing very fast. Uh, we're uh, still looking for a suitable uh, business model. Uh, make a solid scale more. So you are hoping to make a little bit of a profit at doing this. Do you, do you hope to turn it into a full-time job? Well, of, mm, yes. Uh, realistically seen now that it's not possible, but uh, it's so much fun. I would like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely seems to be something that has challenged many companies and people to turn a profit out of a desktop distribution. Yes, the business models in open source is especially for Linux distributions, are very difficult. Searching there at the moment, I'm a, I'm a business consultant by trade. So do you, do you hope that the business edition might lead to some sort of, uh, like a revenue model of some kind? I don't think that uh, the, the products are going to bring the revenue we need. So you think it might be like a service-based thing? People will contact you for support? Uh, services support, uh, maybe some uh, uh, products that uh, we can uh, provide as a service, like uh, well, uh, uh, cloud solutions or uh, integration solutions on uh, uh, backend uh, systems. So it's, uh, I'm still so okay. Still so that's kind of, that's sort of a long term thing then, because the distribution have to see quite a bit of growth before you probably reach a phase where that'd turn enough of a profit, right? So it's a long term thing here. Yes, when you when you. 
phases. So we have to think about what do we do in the, the on the short term. So we could think about sponsorship or something like that. Right. Uh, but you also have to think on oh, what what is our vision and is it clear for the community what the vision is and how can we shape that. So so, uh, so you yes? do you do you believe then that. Uh, do you believe that the need is strong enough for a rolling distribution with this update, uh, with this quarterly update pack cycle? Do you think that that is solving a big enough market need that would obviously then be, you know, the thing you could you could with you could assume from that is companies like Red Hat and Ubuntu are leaving this need unfulfilled, and so there's a space for Solid to come up and say, well, look, we're going to offer you the advantages of rolling. Uh, with the safety net, and you think that's a big of a that's a big enough of a market need that you might be able to carve out some business support for that? Yes, especially for uh, um, nonprofit organizations and uh, governmental institutions. So when you pitching when you're pitching somebody, uh, I'll, I'll give zero zero a chance to jump in zero zero. When you're pitching somebody, uh, business business business, it's with uh, with Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna. I was gonna actually. I wanted to shift gears and actually change to the rolling release. Well, I would like to get both of your opinions on uh, yeah. why. What? What do you? What do you convince somebody of a rolling release when they say, "Why do I want rolling?" What do you tell them? Well, um, first of all, the non the non reinstall again the non uh, as as you said as you said San, Sunday uh, pay, milk and pave uh, I think it's um, it's uh, it's uh, the biggest selling point in the, in that um, in that uh, in that pitch. So you don't have to um, reload. You finally get it all set up, and you're not forced to reload. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, if we can offer, as we as we are trying to address with the, the update packs, if we can offer an increased safety, um, I think it's uh, it, it's an extra bonus uh, because uh, with the home edition we are we are sitting on top of testing. Testing might not be always. Uh, stable <laughs> so um that's why we 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 op- we, we opt for for this uh, the this quarterly update right uh, i think it makes sense it's kind of it's more it's rolling with uh, sort of uh, some safety built in with with a safety net exactly uh, so um basic, basically this and uh, we offered as well um because we are we are we are we are with testing we are as well um, an updated user land and the system and base system uh, not not necessarily um, interesting for everybody but can be can be um, but interesting for for some of uh, of uh, of the of our of, of our target audience right. Um, very good. All right. Well, uh, guys, is there anything that you know we touched on in the review that you wanted to amend or 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 uh, add during uh, Sunday's <laughs> Linux Action Show? No, I think I think it was a great review. You both were um, fantastic. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, thank you. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah. Well, it was fun to take a look at it. 
<laughs> no, we we saw we saw that um, that you enjoy it. It was was good. Very good. Well, uh, mumble room. Uh, as we wrap up, if you guys have any questions, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, shoot. Yeah, exactly. A zero zero says shoot. If you have any questions, I, I just wanted to state one thing. I've been watching that project ever since it was just kind of getting bowled around in the uh, on the Linux forum, Linux Mint forums, and I gotta say it's been interesting to watch it evolve from an idea about a KDE release to full blown distro taking on the XFCE from LMDE, which so that was pretty good. But so I got, I just want to say kudos to both of you for doing such a good job and you know, adding to the community in that way. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting district to watch. I I wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, if you guys want to hang around, we're gonna we're gonna kick around a few topics. Unless anybody else, anything else they want to throw in there. I I want to do. Uh, I have one more question. Oh, oh go ahead, Rod. Okay, they, yeah, we can do. Um, the the update packs they are not for they're just for the home edition. They're not for the yes, uh, only for the home editions. Okay, yeah. only for the home edition. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I uh, had one question. Uh, how about to secure boot UEFI in the installer? We are testing it right now. Shows uh, you finished the uh, the installer uh, UEFI capable last week, two weeks ago, and we are testing it uh, right now. So our next uh, the next ISOs. Um, during the month of April, second half of April should be UEFA uh, capable. Very good. Wow. If, if, all, if all the testings right. go right. Uh, as so far they are, go according to planning. Right. I have one more question. Yeah, sure. So if it's if it's a long term like for someone long term usage, let's say I have someone who I want to I'm considering moving to solid because uh, the whole reinstall thing, not having to do that, is very nice. Um, but the 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 issue I have is if that they have this one computer that they would have so far they've been using one, the same version distro for two years, maybe three years, and um, it's it's kind of gotten to a point where the the updates on this this distro is kind of. Um, not working anymore. They're, they're just kind of stalled. Mm. So the solid uh, solution, if I put them on it and then three years later, would the update packs with the home edition still make it... Um, obviously, it's not LTS, but would that continuously make it con- con- uh, You know, even for that many years? As long as, long as Debian keeps uh, the testing branch open... <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we'll keep supplying updates packs, update right. packs. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> I like that. I, I hopefully, unless something really bad happens, that's that's going to continue on. <laughs> we, can, we, we we can't predict the future, but uh, we can hope that Debian keeps uh, testing branch open for for another two three years. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe. I think I think it's safe to say that. Oh, I was going to ask you yeah. guys, what do you think about the whole Debian system? Do you think how does that affect Solid? Uh, we'll follow upstream uh, uh, when they move. So um, we've been testing. We've been trying uh, System D. Yeah, uh, it's not exactly still um, completely usable okay. in uh, in testing. Because uh, systemd it's still a bit old 
all this uh, we you use it to not using um system is still a bit old so it's not completely usable but um, when debian uh, moves to system d we'll move to system d as well okay um, I, got, I got another question okay <laughs> um <laughs> let's say let's say you have um a system that you have uh you want to have stable and you want to have the updates kind of thing so you have you want a home edition and you want the updates but you have it where they don't necessarily have an internet most of the time is do you have the uh, the updates are they possible to do like an offline package update um not uh, um solid sk solution but there are tools in apt uh, for that okay yeah okay yeah you could just so. yeah right yeah <laughs> right you could uh well uh guys great work keep it keep it up and i hope you can build out the team so that way you don't burn out that's my big worry is and i always worry about that with clem too <laughs> thank you and it sounds like, you know, you guys said the one thing that you guys, the one thing you said that sort of resonated with me that I hope will help you prevent that is focus. You said, you know, you're focusing. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was one of our first uh, decisions. Uh, focus, do, do less, but try to do it um, well, at least yeah. according to what we think with better. Good on you. I know Q5Sys wants to take us out with the final question. Go ahead, Q5. Yeah, I was just wondering what your guys' plan is for um, when Debian locks down um, their updates because they're going in, you know, getting ready to merge into a new branch. Um, are you guys still going to be providing updates, or are you guys going to freeze just like Debian does? No, um, on the home edition, we follow we follow upstream. So uh, uh, the uh, coming next November, um, Debian will freeze. Uh, so we we will um, on on the most of our uh, most of the updates we will freeze uh, as well. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of software that will keep updating um, Firefox, Thunderbird, our um, our specific uh, software that uh, it's uh, independent from Debian, but the um, most of the all the rest of software that comes Debian will follow will follow upstream uh, in there okay. unless unless in the very specific that we find um, issues during the update packs and uh, that is was defined uh, on the on the in the beginning we can pull uh, to solve uh, issues or breakages, we can pull from, uh, for example, seed uh, to solve uh, particular situations. So we 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 have some uh, freedom in that. We are not we follow we follow testing, we follow upstream, but we are not absolutely tied to. Right. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Go ahead. Just wanted to say that uh, zero zero was uh, no. I was just gonna say that. thank you for clearing that up for oh. me because that was something I was kind of wondering about, and there were a couple in the chat room who were curious too. So yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, I think that uh, uh, if you guys haven't checked out a review yet, you should go watch the Linux Action Show. But I think they got some serious potential there, and uh, maybe. Uh, oh, one other question for you guys: Do you guys are you guys looking for folks to get involved with the? Or are you guys uh, keeping the team lean right now? What's the plan there? We can, still use, uh, uh, we can still use a lot of uh, uh, testers 
And, uh, and I would like to find somebody who would like to uh, think about uh, possible business models for, uh, for SolidXK. Okay. Hmm. So where, where should they go to get a hold of you? I can do that uh, uh, by going to our site, solidxk.com. It's a form, or uh, you can uh, directly mail me at uh, schoolyear at solidxk.com. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Okay, very good. And uh, we'll have links to uh, their G Plus and Twitter handle and, and the website and all of that good stuff in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. Before we run, uh, we don't have time to get into it today because I have uh, – I have to run to a meeting, but I wanted to pitch a question to the audience. Maybe we can incorporate it into uh, next week's feedback. Uh, this week, Mark Shuttleworth took to his blog and he said uh, the title of it was ACIP, ACPI, Firmware and Your Security. Um, and he made the case. And the one that, uh, the one that uh, I resonated with was is he said, if you read the catalog of spy tools and digital weaponry provided by Edward Snowden, you'll see that the firmware on your device is the NSA's best friend. Your biggest mistake might be to assume the NSA is only institution abusing this position of trust, though. In fact, it is reasonable to assume that all firmware is a cesspool of insecurity, courtesy of the incompetence of the worst degree from manufacturers, incompetence of the highest degree from a wide range of such agencies. And he goes on to argue that we need to have a new way of doing firmware. Uh, and I'd like to get your guys' take on on this. I've I've also shared my thoughts in the Linux Action Show subreddit, um, and I, I, I feel like this ship has already sailed especially in mobile. But perhaps the opportunity could be opening up again in ARM in the server room and on future desktops as sort of these big incumbents sort of have less entrenched interest and move into mobile. Maybe they'll lessen their grip on the desktop. But I'd like to get your guys' feedback. So go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com, click on the contact link, and choose Linux Unplugged from the dropdown. And what do you think about Mark Shuttleworth's uh, uh, rant against ACPI? I mean, I think no, nobody here has any love for ACPI, right, Matt? You know, I think that he... May actually be onto something. I mean, because it's one of those things no one really ever stops to think about. So I think the fact that he's addressing it, whether or not it's founded or not, I don't yeah, know. I, I've spent I, I, a lot of time. I think it's important to ask ourselves. What do you that think? Question. Do you think his point's right that we're sort of at a point again where we can re-ask some of these questions? Ooh, I think we're if we're not there yet, we're approaching it like a freight train. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I think we are essentially there. I think we really yeah, are. Yeah. So. All right. Well, very good. So uh, send us your thoughts in on that, and uh, we'll incorporate it in the next week's show as well as uh, send us in your thoughts about anything we covered on this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. Yes. We'd love to get your feedback. And don't forget that subreddit, linuxactionshow.reddit.com. Matt, I hope you're washing and brushing off the monkey suit because oh, Sunday yeah. should be a heck of a show. Got it all vacuum sealed and ready to go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure to set aside the bananas so that way we have plenty of entertainment. <laughs> Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So join us uh, on Sunday for Linux Action Show for the Monkey Suit Spectacular and the retrospective look at Mir. And don't forget you can join Linux Unplugged Live on Tuesdays over at jblive.tv. Just check jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for your local time. And uh, we'd love to have you here in our chat room. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Linux Unplugged. See you right back here next Tuesday. Tuesday.